You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Have you noticed recently that there's somewhat of a lack of peace uh, floating around? It's, it's, and seriously, I mean, I, I start joking about stuff right away, but seriously, there is chaos and turmoil and fear and hopelessness available to you. The shelves out there are full of it. And if you take it, you'll enter right into it, any of us. And so we really need to be on guard against it. It's not what God has for us. It's not where he wants it. We're going to see a number of things. We could talk about this for weeks. I don't think we're going to, but I often say that at the beginning of a 10-lesson series. But um, the, Jesus said so much about leaving his peace to us. We're going to look at that this morning. This is a possession of ours, heart peace. And it's really important. It's not even just about us being able to sleep at night. I mean, that's a good benefit. But it's not just about that. We, we saw Jesus, uh, for example, when, when he was out on the lake and, and he got up, they had to wake him up, you know, in the middle of a storm. They had to wake him up because he was at peace. And he released that peace. He spoke peace to the circumstances and they changed but he released faith from that place of peace. I mean, it, it, we're going to see where peace and prayer and gratitude, all those things, they're so joined together. They're, they're, you know, peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit working in us. It's one, of the, it's one of the things that grows in us when we're allowing the Spirit of God in his life to flow through us. So, uh, so it's really important. And I want to talk to you, uh, we're going to talk about peace, and, but I want to talk to you specifically today uh, about how to maintain it. How do you keep it when everything's going nuts and, and a lot of your friends are speaking fear to you every day or speaking you know, anxiety and worry and, and all that. And for some of us, uh, and I say this this morning, I, mean, I, I, I promise I'm not being critical here. It's just true. Some of us grew up in households where worry was how we showed uh, care. It was, it was, if you weren't worried, then you didn't care. Well, that's not a good way to show care. There are better ways to show care. And so a lot of us grew up in this, this worry um, atmosphere. We need to break out of that. That's not the culture of heaven. We've been talking for weeks about the culture of heaven. That's not the culture of heaven. There's peace in God for us. So, so go ahead and go with me over to John chapter 14. We'll begin there. This morning, I want to look at a couple of verses, and I'm going to read some of it to you from the Passion Translation. But um, John 14, 1, you know, this is these chapters, uh, John 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, these are all right before, uh, most of it the night before Jesus went to the cross, okay? And so these were things he was saying right before he went to the cross, partly because of what his disciples were going to experience and partly just because when you're up against a deadline, you say the most important things there are to say because you only have so much time. So, so all the things that he said in these chapters are so essential to us. But uh, in John 14, chap, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. So first of all, and I think many of you know this, but this passage, these specific lines, um, this I'm going to prepare a place for you, 
those are words that um, in, in Hebrew culture at the time, and actually even I just found out even in Greek culture, uh, those were words that a bridegroom would speak to his bride as, as he was, as they were moving into courtship, he would say these words that I am going to prepare a place to you, for you. Because, you know, people used to live, uh, they'd continue to build. And in some places of the country, they still do. They live on the same property as their parents and their family, and they just keep extending that. And so when, when this man went and asked this woman to enter into courtship to eventually be married to him, this is one of the things he said, I'm going to build a place for you. And, and that's, so this is wedding language. This is intimate language. And, and Jesus is talking about, I'm going to prepare a place where you can spend eternity with me. And, and that should bring great peace to our hearts. But I, I just wanted you again this morning to see the intimacy and in what he's saying here. This is courtship language. But what's important, or one of the things that's important here is the way that he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Okay, do not let your hearts be troubled. That means, you know, don't let this happen puts responsibility on me. He's making something available, peace, and he's saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. There are loads of us that walk around feeling like anxiety and worry and fear and those kind. they just happen. They just, they just come on. No, don't let you, don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus would not give you a commandment if there was not, if he was not going to follow it. This is the New Testament. When we choose to obey his word, grace flows in to empower us. Well, I can't help being afraid. Yeah, you can, by the grace of God. You need to stop thinking that. You need to stop saying that. I can't help but worry. Look at what's going on around. You need to stop thinking that. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Whenever he gives us a commandment, again, he doesn't do it as a challenge to our ability to make it happen. He's not telling you, you better squelch your emotions or I'm not going to like you. That's not what he's saying. He is with his word. If you will accept his word, his word carries the grace to bring itself to pass. All right. So we begin by saying, all right, Lord, I see that. You're telling me I have the authority in my own life to stop fear, anxiety, worry, agitation, those kinds of things, to, to stop allowing my heart to be troubled. So I'm engaging with you. I accept that. I receive that authority. Teach me how to do it. Show me where I get off track. Show me where I walk away from the peace that you have given me. Show me where I get out of that. Teach me how to think differently, to approach things differently, Maybe to change some relationships. Maybe to learn how to put on your garbage can lid when people are spewing worry and fear and, and stuff to you. Uh, you know, it, teach me, Lord, how to guard my heart in that area because this is an issue for me. I, I get worried. I lose sleep at night over things. You know, if it's an issue, realize he's on your side in it. You know, he's, he's giving you something here. That word trouble, don't let your hearts be troubled, it means to have the mind or the emotions agitated or disturbed by fear, anxiety, or trepidation regarding circumstances or events. 
God is above circumstances and events. We live in an eternal life, not a natural life. We are in this world. We are not of this world. We walk by faith, not by sight, right? So with, with all of that, he's saying, do not let your mind and emotions be agitated or disturbed by fear, anxiety, trepidation regarding circumstances or events. Fear is your enemy. Worry is your enemy, all right? Anxiety is your enemy. It's, it's not the will of God for your life. All right, go ahead down. If you're in John 14, go to verse 27. And let's look at that. Oh, before we, before you can turn there if you want, but um, the way the Passion Translation, I love this. The way it reads in, in uh, John 14, 1 that we just read, it says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Fear is going to confront every one of us worry, you know, concern for your kids, you know, all those kinds of things. I mean, they're a natural thing. There are, you look around yourself and this, it's going to rise up. It's going to be there. Again, it's going to be on the shelf for you to take. When it approaches, I love it says, don't surrender. That puts it to me in the category of an enemy, number one, and an enemy with power to do me damage. But it says, don't, you have the choice. Don't surrender. You have the choice. Stand up against it. Stand up against fear. Stand up against worry. It's trying to steal a gift that Jesus has given you. And we'll see that here in, in verse 27, John 14, 27. Uh, from the NIV, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He says it again. And do not be afraid. Listen to this from the Passion Translation. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not, this is so good. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. We can see when we look at Jesus, when we watch him. Remember when um, early in his ministry, when uh, he he was ministering to people, they got so upset with them, they pushed them out of town over to the edge of a cliff intending, says the crowd, a mob was intending to throw them over. And he, but he walked through the midst of them. He just walked right through the middle of them. They, he, didn't get, he didn't get rescued. He didn't freak out. He didn't call 911. He didn't do any of that. He, he confidently walked right out through the midst of them. That's peace. Sleeping in the back of the boat in the middle of a storm that kills people. That's peace. Okay. He says, I'm not giving you the fragile peace. Fragile peace is peace that's based on circumstances, on peaceful circumstances. He's not promising us peaceful circumstances. He never promises us peaceful circumstances. He promises us something on the inside that can keep our hearts at rest and trust in him and in his love and in his ability, no matter what it looks like on the outside. That's what he's promising us. And when fear comes, it's trying to steal that from you. So he says, I give this to you. I I give it not as the world gives. It's not a fragile peace, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your heart, okay? So peace 
you know, it's a fruit of the Spirit. And, and like joy or, or any of the rest of the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's not the result of good circumstances. You know, we live way too much by, if everything's going well, then I feel good, then I'm happy, then I'm, you know, joy doesn't come from good circumstances or happy tidings either. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit means as the life of God is at work in us, fruit is born out of our life. Something, a a part of God's life, an aspect of God's life actually reveals itself in our life. When he says, I'm going to leave this to you, the Amplified Bible here uses the term bequeath. I bequeath this to you. And, and, and that's the, the, the literal meaning is to pass something that you possess on to another person. It's to give something to somebody. It's a, it's a gift. You bestow it of your own free will. You bestow it on somebody. You give it to somebody. But in this, in this case, a good way to frame this is that it was he left it to us. He bequeathed it to us. He was going to the Father. He said, my own peace, the same peace you've seen in me, I leave it to you. And the thing about, is, so it's a gift. It's given to you. The thing about gifts is they have to be received or they don't do you any good. You know, they, they have to be received. And I think about various really precious gifts I've gotten, you know, throughout my lifetime that somebody has given me. And at one time in my life, number one, I would have had a hard time receiving a gift. And there are people that have a real difficult time receiving a gift. And that might be you. Usually the reason for that is because you carry a sense of unworthiness. You carry a sense that I don't deserve this. And the fact is, none of us deserve what comes by grace from God into our lives. We never do. and We don't. We didn't. We never will. It's a grace gift. Part of the point is to receive it by grace, to extend your faith. Faith reaches into grace and receives what's given. So we want to receive all of the gifts that the Lord gives. And, and so if you have a difficult time, and I know I've told you this story before, but probably bears repeating many years ago now, uh, early in the time when I was first in the ministry, I had a woman that um, I was counseling. I didn't, I I had a woman, I didn't have a woman. Uh, there was a woman coming for counseling and, and, uh, at Believer's Center. And, and she, at the time, and we'd, we'd been counseling for quite a while. And I mean, we'd hit some good stuff, but I just felt like we're just not getting anywhere. And it was, I was going to go in that day. It was a Wednesday morning. We had counseling that day. All of us, all the pastors had counseling that day. And I was going to say, you know, I, you, you've got to find somebody with more skill on just not helping you. And I, and I didn't mean that in a sarcastic way. Sometimes we say that in a sarcastic way. I, I really did mean for your benefit, you need to find somebody who can help you more than I'm helping you. And when I was in the shower that, smor- that morning and I was praying over that situation and the Lord uh, said to me, tell her she needs to open the gift. And I figured, well, okay, you know, uh, we can do that. We weren't talking about gifts or anything like that. Uh, but God gave me something. It's like, okay, we'll, you know, we'll hit it again. God gave me something. We'll go for it. 
So during that session that morning, I said that to her. I said, the Lord told me this morning to tell you, you need to open the gift. And she just broke down. I mean, she just broke down. It turned out that she had in one closet in her house, she had all these gifts that her father had sent her and she hadn't opened them. And she'd put them in this closet. She put them in this room and she had all these gifts that she had never opened because their relationship wasn't good, but mostly it was a sense of inadequacy. Her father was I'm sure it was the way he approached her and all of that. She was raised that if you don't do everything right, you're not the most intelligent person on the earth. And, you know, all of those things, you don't have all the accolades, then you're worthless. You know, I mean, I think, and I'm sure that was insecurity in him. Never knew the man. I'm just, you know, this is the way people work. So I'm just speculating. But at any rate, I do know her, still know her. And uh, that word from God changed her life. And so she started to open those gifts. And of course, being unable to open gifts from her earthly father, she wasn't opening anything from her heavenly father either. And it totally changed her life. I mean, we still are in communication with her. She sends money to the church sometimes. And you know, I haven't seen her in years. But she just blossomed after that. And she was, I don't know, she had grown, half-grown kids. I mean, she was at least in her late 30s or better when I knew her. Um, but at any rate... Gifts have to be opened. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking, and you know, I know to most of you, you know, that, that 58 BMW, you know, that you guys have seen out there. I know most of you go by and go, well, that looks like a really old motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, let's go have lunch, you know. But there's a lot of history to that, a lot of stuff, family history stuff. It was a very precious gift to me. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking, so here's a precious gift and something that um, you want to last. You want to you know, to respect the gift and the history and the other people that have, have been involved and loved it and people that have loved the people who loved it and all this stuff that you can't imagine goes with an object like that, but it does. And um, maybe you have a vase like that or something, you know, just translate here. <laughs> and so, yes, I was thinking, so, so what do I, how do I handle that? What do I do with that? I ride it. I took it out yesterday and rode it through pounding rain. It was wonderful, you know. It's, I, I use it. And that's the point. God gives us gifts to be used, to be, to be held and to be maintained, for sure, to be responsible over, for sure, but to be used, not to just be put on a shelf, you know, okay, or, or to be put into this category of, oh, I see that, that's a nice scripture, Jesus gave me peace. no. Jesus gave you and me his peace. What a shame to let circumstances rip that off. What a shame to let things going on and agitation in the world. And there's lots of it. And I think there's going to be a lot more of it, particularly between now and November. I think there's going to be a lot of it. We need to be the church. We need to stand up and continue to stand, and rejoice, and pray continually, and be thankful, and carry the presence, and release the gifts, and do the things that the church does. Church has been through stuff before. So he says, I'm leaving this to you. I'm giving this to you. And, and it's very important, if you have a tough time receiving gifts, take that to the Father. 
let him address it in your heart because you need to be able to receive. When you're standing out there and things are going wrong in your life and things are going wrong around you and things are crazy and people are doing destructive things. I mean, there's a, there is a lot to be worried about if you're going to let that happen. If you're going to let your heart to be, tr- be troubled, if, if you get, try not to be mean here, if you get your, whether it's, I don't know how it could be security, but your identity is based in telling people how much trouble you're having in your life, if you're in that place, man, this is a great season for you because there's lots to be troubled. You can find new things every day. Just listen to the news. Just turn on the news and they'll give you a list of things for you to be worried about today. Or receive the gift that Jesus has given you. Stay in peace and address things with faith. Stay in peace and release it to other people. What a blessing. This is a gift that we get to share with other people. You getting anything out of this? All right, go to Philippians chapter 4. I probably knew I was going there. Philippians chapter 4. I think you're, uh, yeah, I'm going to start a little earlier than that. I'm going to start in verse 4. Couldn't fit it all on the screen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight and take pleasure in Him. That's a real key right there. That's a real key to staying at peace. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight and take pleasure in Him. Remember, Paul wrote this from a horrible basement prison where they would release sewage through there every once in a while. And I mean, it was a terrible prison. And Paul wrote all of this uh, this letter to the Philippians from there. It's just, when you, when you learn about, and you can, I guess you can go there, Rick Renner, you know, you can go there and, and uh, visit this place still in Rome. But at any rate, he says, take pleasure in God always. Again, I will say rejoice. He says it twice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. And he says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. So there's no leeway here. Don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything. Notice it doesn't say for everything. That's a religious idea that we have to be thankful for every bad thing that happens around us or comes into our life. We don't. A lot of that's from the devil. A lot of it's, even if it's from our bad choices, even if it's from other people's bad choices, I don't care what it is. If it's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, it's not from God. So don't be thankful for it, but in the midst of it, stay thankful. Stay focused on God. Delight in Him. This is something you have to do on purpose. We're going to get to this anyway. I'll just say it here. This word rejoice, it means to shout or to be vividly animated. All right? It, it means to exhilarate. Not to be exhilarated. Not to be something, but to release something. Rejoicing precedes, in the kingdom of God, in, let me start at the other end, in the world, people rejoice when they feel joy. Okay, if I feel joy, I'll rejoice. If I don't feel joy, why would I rejoice? In the kingdom of God, we rejoice in God to release joy. Do you get it? We rejoice as a choice. This is what we do. We rejoice. We are thankful. We become animated, vividly animated about the goodness of God in the face of the worst circumstance. 
And that releases something on the inside of us. You know, and I don't want to take a lot of time on it this morning, but you know, there are a lot of things we do. We do a natural thing that releases something spiritual. We lift our hands in worship. Why? I don't know, but it releases something. All right, we get dunked in water in baptism. It releases a huge spiritual truth in us and over us. There are lots of physical actions we take that that just release something that's there in the spirit. Rejoicing is one of them. So, So we rejoice. He says, do it all the time, no matter what the circumstances are. In every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Those things go right together. I think we're going to be talking about that next week. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Okay, the two are coupled together. Continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding. That means it doesn't make any sense, but it's there anyway. Okay, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Some translations say shall be yours. But this is a, this is a real good list for us. This, this word, it's really interesting. Um, it says, don't be anxious. And what that, what that word anxious means, get this again, this is us doing something. Don't be anxious. The word anxious means to take, welcome, or hold anxious, fearful, agitated thoughts in your mind. So the, so the instruction is, do not take, that's something that's on the outside. That's something you have the option to take it off the shelf or not. Do not take or hold. If you accidentally pick it up, if you ever accidentally picked up the wrong thing, city market, I do it all the time. Karen doesn't like to send me to the store. <laughs> this is not what I asked you to get. It's the same color as what you asked me to get. If you accidentally take it, don't welcome it and don't hold it. This is, and I hope, I always feel like I, I don't want to sound angry at people or, or mean. I'm concerned for Christians right now that are taking hold of the fear and the anger and the anxiety and the worry and all that stuff, especially the, the anger, the animosity, the division, the hatred. They're putting the same stuff on Twitter and Facebook that the unbelievers are. We can't do that. Don't take that stuff. Don't hold it. If it gets in some, if you find it in your house, get it out of there. Don't welcome fear and worry and anxiety if you want to be free from it. Again, if you know, no, I'm not even going to say that. You just need to not do it. Agitated thoughts in the mind. We all have them. They, all, they get presented to all of us. Fight it. It's an enemy. Don't surrender to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. This is, and we'll get into this next week, but I'll just mention it. Uh, prayer and petition, okay? This word prayer, that's all I want to talk about in this this week since we're going to dig into it. But this word prayer, it's really interesting. It's usually rendered uh, in our translations to pray to God. But the literal translation of this is the prayers of God. So the picture is we're going to God, we're rejoicing in him, we're thankful in him, we're worshiping him, we're connecting with him, and we start to get his heart. And we pray out his heart. We are to pray, you want to be in peace? Start instead of praying out of your worry or your fear or your agitation, 
start praying out of the heart of God. Now that takes some, some time ahead of time to get out of yourself and your own brain and, and to get connected with the Lord in worship and thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving, praise and worship. That's how it works. Brings us into this connection with the Lord. And all of a sudden we start to see his plan for the United States, his plan for the Gunnison Basin. Instead of what we're seeing now, we start seeing what he sees and what his desire is and his will. And boy, you start letting that flow out of you in prayer and you start declaring that over people, you know, in your life and over this valley and over the businesses and everything. Man, pretty soon you can't help but be full of joy. You can't help but be at peace when you see what God has in store. So all of this is so deeply connected together. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast. That is, get this, committed and focused on you both in inclination and in character. In other words, my mind tends toward being focused on God and, and in character, in, in reality and habit it is focused on God. When we're in that place, it says he will keep in perfect and constant peace, perfect and constant or continual because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. It says this kind of peace transcends all understanding. It's not limited to what we can see, what we can understand, what we can see because people like to, when you start talking positively. You start talking faith. You start talking what God wants to do. Start talking revival. You start talking the great things God's doing. A lot of people want to say to you, yeah, but. Yeah, but don't forget they're burning down the cities. Don't forget there's a sickness out there. Don't forget the economy's struggling. Don't forget they, they want to bring you back to a focus on that. We're not denying that that's happening. We're looking above it to something bigger. And, and Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. This is the world. We're not in heaven yet. Why is there evil? We're not in heaven yet. Why did this happen? We're not in heaven yet. So, but heaven's in us. And so that peace that he has can live in us and we can distribute it to people. It doesn't mean being ignorant. It doesn't mean not knowing about that. No, it means knowing there's something bigger then what's going on out there? Things that are happening have happened before. Doesn't make them unimportant. Doesn't mean we don't have a a very valid role in addressing and changing things. Doesn't mean any of that. It just means I'm not going to walk through the planet motivated. My prayer life is not going to be determined by what's happening on earth. It's going to be determined by what's being said from heaven. My sleep is going to be sweet because God is bigger than all this other stuff. And this is way easier to preach to you than it is to do. I'm right here with you, but I'm saying, this is what God has for us, all right? And, and so then it, it tells us that the peace of God has the ability to watch over and guard and preserve our heart, right? It says, it, it says the peace stands and guards over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Peace keeps our hearts safe, keeps them engaged with the Lord, our, our spirit man, that, that heart. It keeps it tender, keeps it from getting hard, 
keeps us from getting into all of these crazy passions that are going on, keeps us in a steady line. It also guards our physical heart and our physical body. You know, worry, I mean, the world knows that worry and fear and those types of things break down your physical body. The world, the scientists have seen it. You know, we already knew it because we just read the book, but, but scientists have shown. And, and I mean, good Christian scientists can show you why all this stuff happens. What happens in your brain when you give yourself to worry and fear and agitation. So, it's, so it, it keeps us, it guards our hearts. Go to Colossians chapter 3 with me. Or look at it here on the screen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. I love this verse. I know I quote it to you a lot. That's because it's so important. And I love it. And I'm up here. So I get to quote my favorite verses. It says, And let the peace, the soul harmony. Remember, your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. I love that. Soul harmony. That just feels good to say. Soul harmony. Uh, and let the peace which comes from Christ rule. That's a good word. Let peace rule, not worry, not the news, not any of that stuff. Do I have to say that? I guess so. Even the Christian news. Oh, but I only watch Christian news. You better watch the good news more than you watch the Christian news is all I can say. It's all I will say. I could say a lot of things. But... There's a lot out there, so many people right now. And I, and I don't know, I mean, I, I don't watch it, so I just know how it's been historically. There are a lot of prophecies out there that we've been through this for decades and decades. I'm not saying ignore prophecies. Prophecies are very real. But the, God gave you the spirit on the inside of you to, to witness or not. If you don't witness to it, I don't care how famous the person that said it is. You don't have to be mad at them. Just set it aside. Just say, Lord, if that's you, show it to me because it's not bearing witness. And if that really is you, I need to know that. So show it to me and go on. All right. If, and, and so and there, there's that. And, there's, and I mean, certainly in the world, there are loads of people. They're being paid to bring you bad news. They're being paid to get you scared. They're being paid to keep you watching their channel. Those channels are expensive. And I'm not putting any specific buddy down. I don't even really know who's out there anymore. I just know that, you know, if you're going to want... Anyway, I'm getting myself in a hole and I'm not going to dig my way out of it right now. Be careful. Focus more on the Word and what the Spirit of God is saying to you than what anybody else is saying to you, even if they have the name Christian in their news program. But so let peace rule. Act as an umpire. Continue. Umpire says, yep, that was safe. That was out. And you don't get to argue with the ump, okay? You just have to accept the ruling. If the, if the peace of God is saying that's not for something for you to feed on, then don't feed on it. You'll be okay. And the world will be okay. And your kids will be okay. Feed on the stuff God's giving you to feed on. Let it act, let it rule in your hearts. And here it is, here it is, everybody. Deciding with finality, get that word, finality, all the questions that arise in your minds. So what does that mean? That means I can have peace in my heart and at the same time, all kinds of questions and thoughts and stuff can be going on in my head and they will. 
trying to challenge that, but we develop a lifestyle of letting the peace override the agitating questions. Doesn't mean you're never going to get, you know, your head's not ever going to bother you, your mind's not ever going to bother you. It means you're deciding that the peace rules. And the peace of God is telling me to go this way. The peace of God is telling me to act on this. The peace of God is telling me not to act on this. This is one of the, I believe this is one of the most stable, uh, beneficial forms of being guided by the Holy Spirit that we have is right here. And most people never talk about this verse in the context of being led by the Holy Spirit. Peace of God. Because when all the agitating thoughts are happening in your mind, it's really hard to say, okay, Lord, speak to me and to hear a word. It's really hard to hear a word. But a lot of times you can just sort through in your heart and you can sense, no, I've got these two paths I can go on. I feel a peace about this one. I have questions about both of them. But I feel a peace. I feel more peace about this than I do about that. I'm telling you, in all of our years since we learned this decades ago, I have never ever seen that fail. I cannot think of a time where, and and it's so good when you have somebody to pray with, and we we both no, we need to do this, or we need to not do anything, or we need whatever. No, that's where the peace is. Okay, that's where we go. We just learned it years ago. It's never failed in our lives. It has never failed to not be God's direction. Peace acts like a direction finder, a compass. It points to where the presence is resting. It points, it's what God's going to be resting on is in the way of peace. And so it's something, so you have to learn what peace feels like. You need to spend time, especially when it's peaceful, practice peace, you know, and, and practice Thinking on the right things, doing the right things. Man, I'm running out of time. Let's jump to it. Uh, putting the right things in your heart and in your mind. Practice this. And, and, resi- and letting the peace of God rule. All right, so we're just going to jump down. I'm going to go through this real quick. I'm going to give you some things. You can read through it yourself. The rest of in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You guys know these verses. I'm not going to take time to read them because I've only got a few minutes left here, but I'm going to give you some points out of this. It tells us to fasten our thoughts. I think that's from the Passion Translation. Fasten your thoughts on the right things. And, and whenever you find that you've moved outside of peace, no, you've moved outside of where the presence is working. It doesn't mean God's left you or anything like that. We've just moved over into something else. If there isn't peace in it, the Holy Spirit isn't in it, okay? Again, agitating thoughts can be going on, but the peace is there in your heart. You gotta learn to separate those two, all right? But fast, it says fasten your thoughts on the right things. Fasten them, you know, uh, clip into them, you know, what, however you want to think about the Velcro yourself to them. All right. Secondly, learn how to backtrack to the point where you lost your peace. When you're going along and you start out the day and you had your time with God and you were going along just fine. And then all of a sudden you figure, you know, feel that, man, I'm fearful. I'm worried. I'm angry. I'm whatever. Go back, figure out where you left your peace and, and pray about it. Turn something around. Do it differently. Think about, let the Spirit of God lead you. Think about it differently. Change what you're doing. Change what you're engaged in. Whatever is required, get back into your place of peace. So we, we, these are things to practice. You've got to be able to go back, reassess. What did I do? How did I respond to that phone call? How did I respond to that post? You know, figure out what you did and change course. Pray, this is another one, pray 
from peace and pray to peace, into peace. Okay, so, so here's a clue. This is a pro tip, okay? If I come out of my prayer time just as agitated as I went in, I made a mistake somewhere along the way. I didn't really engage with God. And sometimes, I, I know, sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes, you know, we can say all this stuff in here, but you just got to practice it. You've just got to work on it, you know? And, and we go, we should pray from peace, not from fear. So spend time with the Lord ahead, be thankful, rejoice, do all of those things. Pray what's on his heart. Try to pray from peace, even when there's a problem. Get with God before you, don't, don't go right to addressing the problem. Go right to fellowship and devotion and worship, praising God, thinking about all the great things he has done over the years, thinking about who he is and how big he is. Get to peace, then pray. And certainly when you are addressing a problem, pray to the point where you have peace, where you know you've done what you were supposed to do. Especially for you that are intercessors and, and give yourself to that kind of prayer, there, there are going to be things to intercede over forever. Things don't change instantly. We've got to just be faithful. We've just got to pray. We've just got to speak the word. We've got, but we've got to do it from a place of peace. All right? Don't let the problem get inside of you. Don't let somebody else's issue get inside of you while you're praying for it. Keep, stay in a place of peace. Okay? I'm out of time. I would recommend, maybe we'll do it sometime in this study, but I, I did go in and break down all of these words that are in this verse that we didn't read, you know, uh, whatever's, uh, keep your mind, fasten your mind, right, on whatever's true, honorable, worthy of respect, whatever's right and confirmed by God's word, that's a good one, whatever's pure and wholesome, whatever's lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, there's anything worthy of praise, Think continually, fasten your thoughts on those things. This is huge in maintaining peace. We, peace will follow when we are thinking on the right things. It is, it is very much about our thought life. And if we habitually think on these things, I'd recommend that you just, as we're doing this, we're going to start talking about prayer next week. We may come back to this as a foundation. I don't know yet. Uh, but for us to have effective prayer lives, We've got to have our hearts and minds in the right place. And this is the right place. Here's a great list. And if you have the capacity to do it or you like to study, look up those words because they don't all mean just what we see in English here. Uh, there's a tremendous amount there for us to fasten our thoughts on. And, and I'll just say this. I'm going to close. There's so much going on out there that's the exact opposite of that list we just read. So if we fasten our thoughts on that, we're going to be in agitation and worry. If we fasten our thoughts on these things, we can stay in peace. It's something that God, we can maintain the gift that has been given to us. Let's put it that way. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, there's just never enough time for your word. And, and so, Father, I just pray that all of us could ingest and digest what you have spoken to us today. Holy Spirit, come and incubate the words that you've spoken, those, those especially that you've highlighted to each and every one of us. We, we thank you for coming and just incubating those words and releasing the life from them into us and into our lives, Lord, that we could, 
that we could live differently, that we could be a people of peace. Not zombies, just a people that carry that powerful aspect of your spirit that is peace, Lord, and distribute it to those around us. What a great gift. Father, we thank you for it. We wrap this up as we go out, Lord, into our communities all over this nation and others, Lord, as we go out into our communities, we want to carry your presence, touch people for Jesus Christ, bring people to you, snatch them out of the flames. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that we will have this week to be your people and to be your church. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go ahead and stand up and we will be dismissed. Again, there are some nice places to sit on the east side of the building if people want to hang out for a while. We've got our umbrellas up and the whole deal. It's really sweet. All right, so let's go out of here and be the church. We'll say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.